The FM Evolution podcast is brought to you by CGP Maintenance and Construction Services. We'll ensure consistently great performance to help keep your business running smoothly. For more information, visit cgpconstruction.com. This is the FM Evolution Podcast, brought to you by CGP Maintenance and Construction Services, bringing you trends, innovations, and advancement of the facility management universe. Welcome to the Evolution. Here's Sean Black. What's up, guys? It's Sean Black at FM Evolution. Welcome back to the show. I'm excited because it's Friday. That means it's Leadership Fridays with Jim Robinson. Hey, buddy. Hey, good morning, guys. Glad good to be morning. here again. Let's do this. It's got lots of questions. I hope they're hard today. Oh, they're going to be hard. Well, there's some good relative topics. They're very relevant for today. Definitely in our discussions and around here and uh, SCGP. So I'm excited for that. I think it's going to be good. Uh, for those who don't know Jim, though, uh, Jim is an author, uh, certified coach, speaker, and, uh, of course, CEO of CGP Maintenance Construction Services, Inc., and a leader of a nonprofit. Boom. Keeps me busy on Mondays. You know. Something to do. Something to do. All right, man. So today, I, I want to talk about creating a culture of commitment in business. So this should be fun. It's going to be an exciting conversation. There's a lot of things going on in our culture right now. I think it making this very relevant. A lot of turnover, a lot of a lot of hype, a lot of stuff going on. But I think culture is super important, and especially for companies who are trying to grow uh, and continuing to push that out to their teams, and then really kind of figure out what that means for them, how their culture is relevant now, and so on. So, one of the things I kind of want to chat about is, well, a lot of people when they start talking about culture in their company, I think they start with really the mission of the company, right? And, you know, we talked about this the other day. One of the things that popped in my head was John Maxwell's quote, because I just love John Maxwell, you know, and and people don't care how much they, you know, until you know, until they know how much you care, right? And so for me, that was relevant. And that, that rang, that rang in my head, because I think you have to make your mission very relevant to who you are, but personal, right? So I was wondering for you, when you're communicating a company's mission, how important is it to make it personal? And where do you, how, how do you do it? Well, your mission is what you're going to do every day. Was why is everybody showing up at the office? You know, and who are you going to serve? That's really, really what it is. It's funny. I was doing an exercise yesterday, mm-hmm. and and one thing we've always talked about: we're in the facilities business, but we're actually in the people business. And as I, I was on a travel yesterday, and as I was driving along, I started thinking about not only people business, but we're, we actually build bridges. We're in the bridge business. And as I was thinking about this, it's really scaling a way to get from A to B. And sometimes that takes a bridge to do that. And we are in the people business. We're here to serve, you know, on many levels. We are here to serve. We're in the service business, but everything is about service, everything. And I've also often talked about before your alarm clock goes off in the morning at four o'clock, because I know you're all early risers. That's right. When that alarm clock goes off, there's thousands of people that have already served you from the sheets, the bedding, the pillows, the alarm clock, the devices in the alarm clock, the design, the engineering. Thousands of people have served you. So everything is really predicated on serving. And so as I was driving around yesterday, I was like, man, we're, we're really in the bridge business. And we're really bridging for speed. 
how do we get better delivery from A to B? And so we're in the bridge build, building business and we because we want to help serve and meet people's needs and their wants even more so, meet their wants even more so. So your mission is, is what are you supposed to be doing every day? Define that and then that's that's your focus. That's what you do. Yeah. You got you got to know. I think that the team has to really hear it from their leader, and they and they have to be passionate and clear about it. But they they really got to care about what they're doing and, and transpose that to the people that that work for them. Uh, and building bridges is really interesting. I think it's a good metaphor for for a lot of companies and really solving problems and what they do. And you know, to me, when you're building a bridge and people are driving across, I think that you have to have a lot of trust in a, in that bridge. You know, yeah. so for me, that is, you know, the, I think the ultimate goal in leadership a lot of time is cultivating and creating like new leaders in the team and they have to trust you. And when you're building a culture of commitment, like how does trust in an organization play a role? What, what do you, what's your feelings about that? How does, how does trust? Yep. Like tr- in an organization, how do you get that to, to go? Like, how do you earn that? How do you create a culture of that? Well, in a, culture in any any business, businesses start at ground zero mm-hmm. and then they're built. And they're built based on typically the owner, the founder, their basic core. That becomes everybody's core as they're moving. And the company's core is predicated or founded on the founder. So if if the founder is trusting, people on the team are going to be trusting so if the owner is about education, people are going to be about education. So culture is really based on what you're living every day, not what you write, not what you read, not what you just tell people, but what you live, what, how you perform, what you do every single day as the owner, as the leader, as your team. It's, that's the core value. And so once that gets defined, you can easily put in writing is trust a core value? Uh, education, is that a core value? But it has to be by example. And so when you're living all of these cores, and it's easy to write them down after you actually live them and go on a discovery, but core is founded based on how you're living, what you're doing, how you're occupying the space, and how you deliver service. That's truly your core. Yeah, I love that. And I think I think trust is a big part of that in a company. And, and coming from the top down, it makes people want to work hard. They want to stay together. They feel like they have a relationship, a bond. You know, it creates that environment where really everyone feels supported uh, and yeah. because they have that trust. So that's a really a big part of it. For you, what do you think is the best way to to build that trust in your team? I know you kind of by example, but I mean, where do you get it from? Because I, I see a lot of leaders that don't trust. You know, they're very they're quick to judge or, or they're over controlling. How do you get there? Some, some guys have a hard time or ladies have a hard time letting go of stuff. They just don't trust. Well, well, I would, I'm not a gambling guy, but I'd I'd place a hundred (laughs) dollars. I'd place a hundred dollar bill that those leaders are going to have a short or not a very uh, gainful career in that space as a leader. I think it will be limited inherently leadership has to trust. I'm also an autonomous leader. Mm -hmm. So I'm not the micromanager. I can certainly train. It's a painful point for me. I can train, I can dig deep. I can really make things uncomfortable to where we shift and we, you know, go through an experience. That's not my sweet spot though. 
It's uh, I'm really autonomous, so I have a tremendous amount of trust. Do you get burned? Of course. But your wins always, always outpace your losses. So you really gotta you really gotta understand that that you have to trust. It's critical. You're never gonna grow if you don't, because you will be very limited in in your ability to control. There's only so much a person can control. Five people, ten. That's it. I mean, beyond that, there's no way you're gonna control five hundred or five thousand. So you have to be able to let go. You have to be able to trust those people to do that. Defining process and systems is really a the really smart way to be able to trust. You define the system, define the process, and then let them follow those things in management. And then they become leaders. They grow into that role. They, too, are developing trust as, as you grow them. But define your systems. Give them a reason to function and win. Help them. Guide them. Put the rails up. Otherwise, you fly off the road. Put the rails up and let them go. Yeah. You feel like a lot, I feel like a lot of companies are building systems and collecting data and creating analytics, almost sometimes in place of trust. Does that make sense? I know they need the information, and that and it creates an environment where you have just I don't know. It seems like it could be too much, <laughs> you know. And I think for the people who are working on it too, it's almost too much. But I think you're right. The systems are important. But how do you feel like those type of systems play a role in creating or or enforcing trust when you have so much analytics yeah personally i'm not a big fan of the big you know the big watchdog stuff it's uh, i get why it's there that we we reduced coverage to manage things so we yeah. have one person managing you know 200 stores they need check-in they need electronic check-in they need pictures they need all this data we provide all that but you got to trust that their our team is going to do the process. And so you have to train the process and then you still have to trust. And so you're still in, you are instilling that core value in them, even though there's a lot of analytics, a lot of responsibilities, it's still based on trust. It's what we're trusting. They're going to follow that analytical system. They're going to check in electronically. They're going to upload a photo to software. There's still a big trust factor in that. Even though the undertone may feel as though it's not a trustworthy thing, it's we created a process or a system, and we trust you're going to follow that system. So it doesn't negate the trust factor. The trust factor still has to play a role. It's critical from a leadership, even management leader. You know, They have to trust 100%. Regardless of the system that have an undertone, maybe an undertone of mistrust. Those folks that are not trusting are the first ones to feel the pressure of the lack of trust. So it's a... Uh, I trust they're going to follow the system. We design systems. We trust they'll follow the system. Yeah. I mean, ultimately, they're trying to set it up, I, I believe, to have people win, right? In the end, they want they want to get the data so they can help them get better. And everyone is in a, in a winning situation. Uh, and like you said, you have to trust that process. You have to go in, yeah. all in and help. Do your part. The, speed of, the speed of content is is why they're setting some of this stuff up. And it's so they don't continually think about whatever the task is. They get all this data and then boom, it's done. They move on. Now we have historical data. That's a different level. Well, we can always go back and look at that. But people are just trying to get things moving. My comment earlier, we're, we're in the bridge building business. We're bridging things. And the reason that is, is because we need to be able to get there faster. Yeah. And so trusting we're going to get there faster because then it clears the mind and we go on to the next thing. So that's really what a lot of the state is doing. 
Yeah, I mean, speed is an issue. Everyone's trying to develop a hyper sense of urgency right now and really get things moving. And, you know, one of the things I wanted to bring up, uh, I was actually learning about a little bit earlier this week. I was listening to another podcast. I was like, man, that's really interesting. I know for me, and we've talked about this before, with all the speed and urgency and moving through and goals and getting things done, that a lot of times we will lose focus of celebrating the wins, right? And really celebrating success. And and we've talked about this before. I, I'm not great at it. It's not my strength either. Uh, and I just want to set the goal higher. You know how I am. Like, I'll set a goal. I'm like, ah, whatever. Set it next. Go bigger. Go bigger. 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 But, you know, as a leader, what's the best way to build a culture that celebrates winning? Uh, for me, because I'm not great at this. It's mm-hmm. like, you know, when I first got a, my own personal business life coach really many, many years ago, it was really, what's the weakness? I don't celebrate. I, I accomplish a goal and that's great. That was my job to do that. And then I go on to the next level and I just keep building those other standards for myself. And I don't take time to smell the roses. And so for like CGP, I mean, we do the day off with pay for a birthday. I, there's not many companies that do that. I mean, I don't know how many do it. uh, And that's not a bragging thing other than it's an impact thing. Yeah. It's an impact to the employee. And I said, you know, we'll try this for a year and see if it actually matters to the employees. It matters. It matters. It matters in a big way because yeah. I could tell you, if I said, we're going to get rid of that, we don't really need that, it's not really mattering, I can tell you it would crush the spirit of some of them, <laughs> most of them. And so being able to celebrate them, their day of birth, I, that's the simple way that we do that. For me, I'm so calendared, I'm so structured, and I'm so you know structured on my timelines that I have to put events on the calendars if I'm going to have some kind of an acknowledgement or a celebratory event. Team building is a big deal. We do that. We're gaining momentum again after the COVID shutdown crap. We <laughs> are starting to have a new program. <laughs> um, so it's uh, a new program is the celebrations. And when you get together, when you put your guard down for a half a minute and you have some kind of an event, it's an opportunity to, you know, slap each other on the back, say, man, thank you. You do amazing work. I heard from client Joe Blow that said you did a great job. And it's a, a really an easy time to pass along uh, good compliments. So you got to have those events, got to have team building events. For us, the, the birthday is a big thing. And we'll continue to build on that stuff. <laughs> I love that, man. Well, we're about to go on a break. We're going to thank our sponsors. But... Before we do, I wondered if you could share a story uh, about a time you recognize a team member and, and how that impacted them. Now, 30 plus years, I know there's a lot of these and you've done a lot of things for different people. And I've seen it's been crazy on how they've impacted their lives. Uh, but, you know, I wonder if you could share a story from, you know, from your, your time being in business. Uh, so I remember many years ago, probably maybe early 2000. Um, I went to two employees and I basically said, uh, it was about 10 in the morning. And I just basically said, man, you, you've done an amazing job. I want you to take the rest of the day off. And, uh, I don't remember what I handed them. It was two or $500 in cash. And I just said, do whatever you want to do for the day. And I appreciate you. And we'll deal with whatever in the office. Of course we didn't. They had to come back and fix it the next day. <laughs> but 
but just an impromptu thing. Yeah. It, it really, truly impacts people. It impacts me. It impacts anybody. But I, I would think that that was my, probably my biggest, most unique thing. I would do it a little different today. I'd go a little bigger. I'd say, you know, I got a charter coming. I got a driver coming. I got, you know, something. And then they're going to take you shopping. Go shopping today. Here's 500 bucks. And there's, you have to preface this. You can't spend it on anyone else except you. And because we come to work every day to serve somebody else, you got to really force that, that this is about you. Because they'll go straight shopping and they'll buy their kids some new shoes and they'll go buy their husband something or their wife something. That isn't what the, the little gift is. It's really to spoil the individual. Let them be nurturing to self for that moment. And that was my intent when I did that several years ago. So I think there's a big wow factor, the appreciation. The tears were shed. Uh, it's a big thing. But just find something unique. Just do something something out, out, out of the ordinary. Sell them somewhere. Give them a day off. You know, one of my favorite things, and we've done a lot of stuff since I've been here, but for me, it was, uh, honestly, it was the technician uh, breakfast that we did. I had yeah. so much fun with that. I think it was really cool. You know, we we concierge, we parked their vans. You know, we treated them like it's a five-star event. You know, they like, come on in, have, have have a seat. We, we waited all that. We made them breakfast. And I think a lot of people remember that. I it, For me, it impacted me doing that. With these yeah. guys, because it wasn't just that it was all the you know the office really serving and taking care of the team. I just, I think it was really that was like yeah, we used things. all the managers as the as yeah. the servers. My wife came in and she was the host and she was serving people at their tables as we would cook their omelets to yeah. order. Everything was cooked to order. It's right, and uh, we got to do that again. That was actually very know, fun. And then we va- really valet parked their vans, so yeah. they just pulled up and we'd take their vans and go put them out somewhere. Uh, that was that was another that was fun, very fun event. The looks on their yeah. face, they're just like, it's so weird. What yeah. am I doing right now? It was great. That was great, man. Yeah. All right, well, we're going to break. Live. Yeah, I know. We're going to do it again. Well, we're going to take a break real quick, and then uh, we'll be right back for some more leadership with Jim Robinson. Awesome. Did you know that CGP Maintenance and Construction Services are also commercial plumbers? They added the plumbing division in 2000 and have been serving the nation's largest brands ever since. They offer everything from cleaning drains, camera work, and grease trap repairs to full repipes and dig ups. So when your brand needs commercial plumbing, remember to call CGP. They are ready to be on site 24 hours a day, seven days a week. They specialize in restaurants, retail stores, commercial buildings, and hospitality. No matter what your plumbing needs may be, CGP is ready. And because they are a maintenance company, they can make the repairs needed after the plumbing is completed as well. One call will do it all. Call them today at 858-454-7326 or check them out on the web at www.cgpconstruction.com. Give them a call today. Welcome back to the show. Uh, Of course, we are here with Jim Robinson. Uh, author, certified speaker, coach, CEO, leader. Amazing. We are talking about leadership, of course. Uh, and I'm excited because we right before the break, we were talking about celebrating wins, you know, and, and how the, the simple act of celebrating people makes such a huge difference in a culture. And I told you, I was listening to a podcast. I was actually listening to, uh, I think it was Tony Robbins, and we were talking about uh, David Novak. Are you familiar with David Novak? So he's, no. he was a former CEO uh, for KFC uh, and Yum Brand, and uh, he, David would go by. He had he kept uh, a rubber chicken, right? Because it's KFC, 
He had a rubber chicken, a floppy chicken. And uh, when he recognized people, he would give them the rubber chicken. He would sign it. He'd put their name on it. Hey, great job doing this on the rubber chicken. And then add him a hundred dollar bill. And that became, and he just started one day because that's what he wanted to do. They'd take a picture with him and the rubber chicken and Dave Novak. And then Dave would, uh, uh, Dave would put the, the, the photograph or the Polaroid on his wall of, of his office. And I remember the thing that was kind of funny is he is, what are you going to do when you run out of space? And I put them on the ceiling. So his office was covered in these rubber chicken photos, you know? And it was funny. What happened is it became so contagious that his team started recognizing other people for their wins in their own way. They had their own celebrations. Uh, now, he's been gone for years now. Uh, and he has a couple of books on authors. But I thought that was so cool uh, and reminding me of the stuff that we do here. Uh, but just the, the thing, he just carried around these rubber chickens in the back of his trunk and they hand him out and people would get really emotional because the rubber chicken was a thing. It became such a big hype. <laughs> so, and I, so I wanted to kind of discuss this just a, a little bit more because I think it's one of the most overlooked things in, in, our, in our American work culture. We just get drive, 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 drive. And, you know, and of course, I'm not, I'm not really talking about like a trophy for, for participation here. It's just a matter of, of just recognizing people and celebrating. Um, so I, I wanted to kind of ask you, I'm like, why do you think leaders are get so focused on the data and results and, and they forget about the celebration? What is it that causes them to just not do it? Uh, an inherent drive. I mean, usually CEOs tend to be very driven. Uh, that's how they got to that level of, you know, of engagement and being able to serve. They served, somebody recognized, and they're driven. And then the next component is creativity. Sometimes because we get tunnel vision of serving and driving results, we lose some of our creativity. Uh, we talk about that regularly with the team around here that we use bullseyes as a representative of that. If you continually tell somebody how to do something from a micromanagement level, you, you, you really, really shrink their creativity. It is critical that you allow trust one for them to figure out the how to be able to get things done. The how comes from creativity. And so maximizing that creativity, leaders tend to get very driven, very tunnel vision by the driven part of that. You know, the drive uh, gets us laser focused and we don't, we lose peripheral vision. You can see flying planes behind me here is important. You have to have peripheral vision as you fly. But we tend, as CEOs, we tend to get very laser focused. And so we get tunnel vision because we just see the end result. And we, we don't see the rest of it sometimes. So as CEOs, we need to be, one, we put ourselves in check, but have a coach, have somebody that will spend time with you to be able to, to give you that uh, cre creative side. The chicken on you know pictures, that's creative. <laughs> creative, man. That's a creative thing. Being able to do a uh, full five-star breakfast and serve our you know, field people and serve them, that's a creative thing we came up with. We need to make sure we spend time, one, thinking about creative ideas. Focus on that. We've done knocker ball where you get in these balls and go bounce around <laughs> on each other. And, <laughs> I remember we've that. Done fun, we've had some fun times, but that's creativity that brings that up, and sometimes we suppress that. Un unknowingly we suppress it so we got to spend some time getting focused on creative things that will serve others 
emotions, changing emotions, that's what really impacts the life. You got to make sure it's an emotional moment, either a high middle somewhere, but it's an emotional thing that they'll remember. Yeah. I I know. I remember that we did that was bubble soccer and I it's yeah. emotional. I remember some of our technicians are huge, right? They're just big guys. <laughs> I remember one of our technicians ran and hit one of our office admins. She, she, went, she launched. <laughs> yeah. It was so awesome to see that. I don't think she'll ever forget that. <laughs> no, we definitely created an emotional memory there. That's right. That's so cool, man. Well, you know, I wanted to talk also a little bit about uh, kind of offering transparency throughout a company because right? I think that's important. Uh, we talked about building trust and, you know, a lack of transparency, you know, a lot of times can build mistrust, uh, you know, it can create barriers. Uh, so, you know, what do you feel is, is the best way to offer transparency kind of throughout a company? So people really have a good, clear vision of what's going on. So it's really transparency is based on what it's very subjective. What does it mean? Why does it mean that? So it's just a word that has been so grossly overused. And then you're guilty of something if you're not using transparency based on somebody's interpretation of what it means. So clarity is key. What information needs to be disseminated and to whom and when? So get clear on what information will be shared, how it will be shared, and when, and what is that outcome? And then that is becomes your new transparency. That's, that's how it should be defined. Until you get that level, you will be attacked, you will be ridiculed, you'll be, you know, chastised, some kind of chaos can ensue because you're not transparent. That's right. It's a very subjective word. I think it's a grossly overused and grossly misunderstood. Yeah. So I don't I tend to not use that word frequently. It's very infrequent. And then I usually describe what it means. I'm gonna be transparent on this and here's what I'm gonna give you. I, I define what that means. So that's just, that's one guy's opinion. But transparency, that <laughs> word, man, they got it just got beat up. And it started in Washington. I mean, they they mess up a lot of things in Washington. And they well, we know they're um, they're super transparent there. Yeah, yeah, they're <laughs> a disaster. <laughs> And that's that's probably why they said we're going to be transparent. You know, yeah. they're trying to cover you know the lack Not of being transparent. Yeah, <laughs> tell tell me what it means when they say they're going to be transparent. Nobody really knows. They nope. have interpretations, no perceptions. Clue. They have you know ideas, all very subjective. So, I, in this company, we tend to not use it. If we do, we're going to define it. I think we define it as clarity. You know, always just adding clarity to everything we do. And and to me, that's what yeah. it means. But I wanted to bring that up because that is what people talk about. You know, they they this they have this definition, and so I'm glad that you define that uh, in in a for me in a in a leadership role. That's the the definition that needs to be yeah. used. Yeah. Uh, next person that says it to you, just ask them. Well, what does that mean? What does that mean to you? Uh, I don't. Uh, what are you going to tell me everything? Well, what is no. everything? <laughs> I mean, it, watch. You will yeah. stumble somebody if you ask them. Well, what do you mean by that? You want to know? No, I don't know. What I have for breakfast? They're, I mean, not, they're not going to be able to tell you. <laughs> yeah, it's it a little rough. overused word. It's it almost is. that it become it be, it's like a slang word almost to me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. As soon as I hear it, I'm like, what? What are you talking about? <laughs> Get rid of that word. That's almost as good as uh, we're going to pivot this year. <laughs> oh. oh, God. 
Ugh, no more. Or the word try. Don't say try, Don't try around me. Is worse. Is the worst. Means you're looking for excuses to not do it. <laughs> I'm going to try to finish up our podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, gosh, man. Well, you know, so we talked about this yesterday. We were actually chatting. That was Tuesday during a meeting, you know, about investing in employee development and education and growth and what people are looking for. And I think it's important, and I know it's a core value for us. There's no question. Like, that is growth is a core value for us. Um, what do you recommend to to leaders when it comes to investing in their employees? Like, how do you start? What do you do? What's what's your thoughts? Well, if you're hiring certain uh, levels of in uh, employees that are working at certain levels, education is not an option. People that are growing into certain roles or have become, uh, you know acquired the skills to fill a certain role is through education. It's through experiences. You got to continue that because what got you there today won't get you there tomorrow. So you have to have some kind of an education plan defined. For your entry-level folks, we define it. And we're working on a, a better, new, more refined plan as of recent because they just don't know yet. And so you want to start exposing them to education opportunities. And as they get exposed, they start to open and then they start to know what they need from an education standpoint. So for us, it's I grow people through education and experience. That's my model. That's my core. That's who I am at my very waking up moment is I'm going to I'm going to impact lives through education and experience. So CGP spends a, a lot of money on education. We started more of a uh, a standardized education from the 80s. And then literally in the 80s, when I first started CGP, it was we had an education program. It's been all virtually the same. But we also recognized early on at entry level, nobody would take advantage of an education program. So we started changing that. We started guiding the education process. And doing so, people started going on their own discovery saying, wow, that was good. Now it's going to take me on this direction. So there's tremendous opportunity from the education. But the experience of the education makes us more open. You got to have it. You got to have some kind of a program. I don't care how small your company is. And then you have to do that by a leadership role. So you have to do that by example. So you as the owner, the leader, the manager, you have to continue education always if you want somebody else to follow and continue growing. You have to grow if you want them to grow. So, or they'll outpace you and then they'll take and get rid of you and then they'll just take your job. (laughs) Uh, so, oh yeah, that's program, man. Love it. You know, it's so funny. I hear, uh, I have heard, I literally have heard leaders say, "Wow, well, I don't want to invest in my people because they're just going to leave." <laughs> what do you yeah, say to that? I coached, I, I coached the guy that was a gym owner, um, uh, probably three years ago, pre-COVID, so maybe yeah. three years ago. And I literally went to lunch and I said, you know, we were just starting our relationship and what he was asking of me. And he says, uh, I got this great receptionist. She's amazing. She answers phones for three gyms. And wow. I don't want to, I don't want her to change. I don't, I don't want to teach her anything else in the business. And one, I was, I was blown, blown away, away that I'm talking to a CEO that had that thought process. I was literally, I was disturbed. So I speak very candidly. So I told him how disturbed I was about that. I was like, you're really the worst 
employer she could have actually went to work for. And he's, oh, he's like, like, what are you what? talking about? <laughs> they said, it's your fault that she's going to have a miserable life or no change in her life. Yeah. She can stay in that role and she can be amazing in that role, but she has to grow in that role. And that's your responsibility to contribute to that under your payroll. And he, he just was like, that's, that's crazy. Why would I do that? And I'm like, because you wanted to be her very best in role. And if she shifts, it makes an opportunity because you've now changed and developed that role. The next person coming in has to perform at that next level. So it really grows the role, even if that individual leaves. But we have to contribute to people's growth. Otherwise, we will fail. If we're not changing quick, we will fail. <laughs> it's so crazy, man. I don't want to teach her today because she's so good at what she does. She's so good. I don't want to Ooh. change her. Imagine if he did not. You know, this is why I've heard before. I'm like, I don't want to. I don't want to train my team. Uh, you know, I don't want to invest because they're just going to leave. Imagine if you keep them <laughs> and they're yeah. stagnant. You know what I mean? Jeez, yeah. man, it kills me. Well, when it comes to creating a, 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 this culture of commitment for us and, uh, and other leaders in, in, in business. If you could give one piece of advice to to leaders that are listening to the podcast today, um, you know, looking for ways to get their team to commit into their careers to really kind of go all in, what would it be, Jeff Robinson? Um, one, define an education plan. Uh, I would say, you know, whatever that is, it could be you doing an offsite that, that you bring somebody in. You could go to somebody's office. You could hire a coach. You could hire a speaker. You could. There's so many things. It's endless. And from doing so, it'll it'll start to define your next steps because people will start to open and talk. And as they open and talk, if you're paying attention, you'll be able to capitalize on what are they asking for? What do they truly need? And they will align in their career because if they don't, they'll, they'll end up taking themselves out of the career. But if they align in the, in the career and in the space, you have an obligation to grow them. I say always a moral obligation to grow the role. Johnny or Mary that's in that role today may not be there tomorrow. But the role itself has been developed and redefined by Mary or Johnny. Them growing, it changes the role. The role has to change if we want to develop and increase how we serve. So Mary or Johnny may stay there and they just may get really, really good. Worst case is, is they leave and now we got a brand new role we have to fill, but it's next level. So have an education plan, no matter what it is, because as soon as you expand the education, you'll expand the roles, you'll expand their minds, and then yet it'll expand you. That's it. I love it, man. Great advice. So this is what I got today. Show them that you care. Show them you care. Communicate. Be clear in your communication. Not transparent. Be be clear. <laughs> have, yeah. have clarity. Yeah. Build that, that word, man. Build yeah. that trust. Get that freaking reward out of here. Build trust with your team celebrate their wins, and, man, invest in their education. That's invest it. Invest in them. Invest in them. Whatever Give that them is. experiences. Take That's them awesome. somewhere. Do something with them that they wouldn't normally do. Impact lives because, in turn, yours is impacted bigger. That's it, man. Love it. All right, man. That's it. We're done. Oof. Let's bounce. Another one. We're out. All right, guys. For everyone who is listening on your favorite podcast platform, if you love listening to these value bombs from Jim Robinson on Leadership Fridays here, uh, give us a like, subscribe, and then, hey, leave us a comment. We'd love to hear from you. And then everyone who is listening on and uh, watching on YouTube, uh, my gosh, if you like what you're seeing, uh, leave us some, some feedback. We'd love to hear from you. Hit the bell uh, so you get notifications when we get new videos that come out. 
And of course, uh, subscribe if you like what we're doing. Uh, from everyone here, thank you so much. Jim Robinson, thank you, sir. Appreciate your time. Have a thank you very day. much for having me. I'll see you guys. Thanks, thank guys. you.